If you don't know, if you haven't heard me preach, uh, we're going to be clapping a lot, okay? Like, we're going to give God a lot of praise, all right? It's just how we do it. Um, this is not about giving me praise. It's about giving God praise. And um, I'm just so excited to be sharing a word with you today. Uh, we, are, we just kicked off a brand new series last week called Giants Must Fall. Giants Must Fall. We're making this declaration that not only giants must fall, but giants will fall. Giants will fall. Um, pastor Jeff, our lead pastor, opened up last week with such a good word on fear and how to overcome fear. Come on, was that good or what? It was super good. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, right? We're going to clap. We're going to clap. Um, I'm super excited to continue today um, in our series, Giants Must Fall. Um, and yeah, I just think like it doesn't take much to realize the state of our world, the state of our culture, uh, the state of our society. It's, it's very fast-paced. It's very busy. It's very hurried. It's very work, 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 do, 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 go, 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 right? It's very, we live in this world that's full of anxiety, that's full of depression, that's full of uh, medication. It's the world we find ourselves in in 2021. But I believe that Jesus is the answer. And not only do I believe Jesus is the answer, I believe that Jesus has patterns and principles that we can learn from not just psychologically, but things that can refresh our soul. Come on, does anybody need their soul refreshed today? Today, I'm, I'm super excited to continue our series, and today I'm going to be talking about rest. I'm going to be talking about rest, okay? Uh, and more specifically, I'm going to be talking about the Sabbath. The Sabbath. Somebody say Sabbath. We talk about the Sabbath. I have never preached on the Sabbath before, but I've been doing a lot of studying, and I'm super excited to share some revelation with you. Listen to me. Sabbath is not just a commandment. The Sabbath is not just a day. The Sabbath is a gift from God to bless your soul, to give you rest for your soul, to give you a re-centered, refocused God awareness. Somebody said amen. amen. It's, it's more than a day. It's more than a command. It's, it's a gift. And so today, if you're taking notes, I'm going to title my talk, a giant named hurry. A giant named hurry. Or if it speaks to your language a little better, a giant named busy. A giant named busy. I like it. I like it. Why are you calling it a giant named hurry? Well, like I said, we live in this fast-paced culture. We live in this, it's a work culture. It's a, it's a do, 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 work, 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 busy, 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 hurry, 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 go, 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 right? It's what is our culture surrounded? It's, it's portfolio, it's background, it's resume, it's 401k, it's retirement, it's, it's, it's look what I've built, look what I've done. I'm a big deal because I work. Look at all the things I've done. And the place that we are finding ourselves in in 2021 is we are present, but we're not engaged. We are more distracted than we've ever been before. We are anxious. We are depressed. We are tired. We are weary. We are soul tired. Why? Because our culture is a, it's a work-oriented culture. I mean, I was thinking about this. What's one of the best compliments that you can receive? It's, oh, there's a lot of compliments out there, but one of the best compliments that you can receive is somebody says, you're a hard worker, Right? Right? Come on. Talk to me today. Come on. You're, you're a hard worker. Like when somebody says, Stephen, you are such a hard worker. I'm like, thank you. That, that blessed me. That blessed my soul. You know what we don't really hear very often though is like, Stephen, you are very good at taking breaks. Like, thank you? Uh, that felt passive aggressive. That felt negative. I don't know. Like, like if somebody came up to me like, you are the best break taker I've ever met. I want to be able to take breaks like you. You'd be like, maybe I need to work harder. I don't know. Because like, that doesn't sound like a compliment. Why? Because we live in a work-oriented culture. And I want, to make, I want to make a statement really 
to, to, to kind of frame up. Um, I'm not against work, okay? Work is good. Somebody say, work is good. Work is good. Like, the truth is, is if you don't, if you don't work, you don't really need rest, right? Right? Rest without work is, is lazy. But can I tell you, work without rest is slavery. Your work does not define you. Your work is not your identity. If you can't take a break from your work, you're a slave to it. You were designed to rest. You were designed to break from it. You were designed to step away from it. You were designed to be identified by something greater than your work. You were designed to be identified by the creator of the universe. And so I got, I've been studying, I've come up with maybe, there's a bunch probably, but just three quick thoughts. Why are we experiencing this, this life of fast pace, it's hurried, it's busy, and it's, it's, it's resulting in an unhealthy soul, it's resulting in an anxious soul, it's resulting in, in honestly, in an emotional illness, but also spiritual illness. Some reasons why we're experiencing, number one is we are overworked. Do you know America is, it, we, on average, we work more hours than any nation in the entire world. Of course you knew that. We knew that because we work. We're workers, right? Or some statistics. We work 137 more hours than Japan. We work 260 more hours than Great Britain. We work 499 more hours than France. There is a workaholism in our nation that often goes unchecked, but it's not just in our nation, friends. It's in the church. Listen to me. Many of us, we, 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 we worship our work. How do you know if you worship your work? You, worship, you know you're worshiping your work if you find your identity in your work. You're more than what you do. You're more than what you don't do. You're who God says you are. Number, another reason, not, we're not just overworked, but we're, we're tired. We're literally sleepy. Anybody tired today? Like, uh-huh. How you doing? <sighs> tired, right? Like, how often do you hear that? It's just kind of become like the new norm. How, hey, br- hey, bro, how are you? I'm tired, bro. I'm tired, bro. Like, just work so I'm tired. Like, like, we're literally just sleepy. Did you know before the light bulb was invented, the average amount of sleep per night was 10 hours? 10 hours. Some of you are like, that sounds like heaven. Amen. Let it be, Lord, right? 10 hours. Today, we're seeing that the national, or maybe not national, but even worldly hour is, is 6.7 hours a night. And it is only declining. See, some of you are like, 6.7, I'll take 6.7. That sounds good to me. Maybe there's a, a problem there. <laughs> Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him, go to bed. Go to bed. I'm not here to tell you what to do at night, but maybe we should get some more sleep. We're not just overworked, we're not just tired, but we are distracted. We're more distracted than we've ever been. We, we have these computers in our pockets. It's my precious, right? Right? You go to sleep with it, like, by our head. Like, actually, statistics show that 75% of Americans sleep with their phone next to their pillow. And 90% of those people, they wake up, and the first thing they do is they get on their phone. We are, we're distracted. We don't know how to operate without something going on, without noise, without something grabbing my attention. We are distracted. The studies show that we touch the phone of our screen over 1,600 times a day. Friend, there is only 1,400 minutes in a day. We are touching the screen of our phone more than there are minutes in a day. On average, we're spending four hours on our phone. But it's not just the phone, it's the TV. Anybody watching the playoffs? I don't know about you, but 
those last 30 seconds of the game, they took four hours. It was so long, right? Like, <laughs> just in the game, right? Okay, another, another message. Um, but it's the TV. We're spending on average four hours on the TV, four hours on the phone. Friend, just between the phone and the TV, like we could have a full-time job. I'm sure there's somebody in 2021 that that's their job. It's phone and TV. I get paid for that. You know, I just get paid for all the crazy things in the world today. But, but do you see what's happening here? Because we're so overworked and because we are so tired, because we are so distracted, the result is anxiety. The, the, the result is disconnection from God. The result is disconnection from people. The result is disconnection from our own soul. And I want to, again, I want to make it clear. There is a healthy kind of busy, okay? We all know that, where your life is full of meaningful work, right? Where your life is full of meaningful connection. It's, it's busy, but it's good busy. I'm not talking about that today. What I'm talking about is when you have so much to do that the only way you can keep up is by living a fast-paced, hurried, go, 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 busy, 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 do, 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 because it's the only way I can keep up. Corey Tinboom says this. She says, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy, if he can't make you sin, he will make you busy. And I've been reading this book. It's been changing my life. I'm recommending it to everybody that I see. I'm like in the coffee line at the bank. Like, hey, have you read this book? It's super good. Oh, my name's Stephen, by the way. Like, <laughs> it's really awkward. Um, but it's called the, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it is by uh, John Mark Comer, a pastor in, in, in Portland. I'm not friends with him. I don't get any money if you buy the book. Okay, I'm, this is not sponsored. But I just, I can't recommend a book enough. I think like if today's talk resonates with you at all, go read that book. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is the, is the title of the book. John Mark Comer is the author. Uh, but in the book, he talks about this term called hurry sickness. Hurry sickness. And it came from a cardiologist um, who was noticing a pattern in his at-risk at patients. He was noticing that they all had a harrying sense of urgency, of hurry, of busy, of nonstop, that they were all at risk for heart disease and they all were displaying this pattern of hurry. Friends, that was in the 1950s. How is it going today? It's, 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 it's worse. It's much worse. And so I wrote down some things to know. Uh, can I diagnose you this morning? Is that okay? Because don't worry, I'm going to offer you a solution. So don't worry, no matter where you are at today, we can walk out of here better than how we came in. Amen? But hurry sickness, it's this term, and it just stuck out to me when I was reading the book. I was like, I was like that right there, that is, and this is me. I want to say this message is for me just as much as it's for you, okay? So I'm preaching to myself today. But this, here's some symptoms from hurry sickness. Moving from one checkout line to another because it looks shorter or faster. Everybody in the room, Okay. Do I need to go on? No, but I will. How about this? Counting the cars in front of you and either getting in the lane that has the least or the lane that's going the fastest. Oh my gosh, this lane has a semi-truck. I better like change lanes because like I don't want to go slow. I don't, I got to go somewhere. I got, I got places to be. Like it's your day off, but like I've got to get there, right? It's just, it's how we operate. How about this one? Multitasking to the point of forgetting the tap, one of the tasks that you were doing. Everybody. <laughs> Here's some, some more. Irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, workaholism, or just nonstop activity, emotional numbness, out-of-order priorities, lack of care for your body, escapist behaviors, slippage of spiritual disciplines, and isolation. 
Friend, can I tell you, none of this is what God designed for your soul. None of this is what God designed for humanity. In fact, I want to share some, some, some thoughts with you today. I've really just got two points, and in the points, there's a lot of points, but I've got two main points. But the first point is, is that there is a rhythm to creation. There is a rhythm to creation. God, when he created the earth, I want to show you, as we, we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 2 in just a second, but, but God, there was, a, there was a rhythm in creation. And, and, and I believe this morning, if we would allow ourselves to, 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 to learn this rhythm of creation, we would allow our, ourselves to be led by rest and led by, by refreshment and led by peace and led by joy and led by freedom. Can I get a witness? And this is kind of a sobering word. It's kind of a different word. Usually I'm like a lot louder, but today I just want to talk. Is that okay? I'll, I'll yell at you a little bit. Calm down. But like, I just kind of want to talk today because this is important. And I'm telling you, the devil wants you to be busy. The devil wants you to be distracted. The devil wants you to live hurried. But God says, I've got a gift for you. It's called rest. And so I want to go back to Genesis chapter 2. In, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light. And then God goes on a creating spree. Six days he creates. And on the seventh day, this is what the Bible says. It says, it says in verse 2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested. Somebody say rested, rested. from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So, God, he creates for six days. And on the seventh day, we know the, we know the story, he, 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 he stops, he rests, he pauses. And it's super important that you and I understand, theologically speaking, that God did not rest because he was tired. See, many of us in the room, the only time we rest is when we're tired. The only time we rest is when we're exhausted. The only time we rest is when we are burnt out. Okay, I need a vacation. I need a rest. I need a break because, wow, I've gone way too far. But, friend, it's so important you understand, God doesn't get tired. Like, God, he's not up in heaven, like, like, like panicking and exhausted. Like, Peter, I need a vacation. Oh, my gosh, I got emails on top of emails. Look at all these prayer requests. Oh, the nation over there is going crazy. Ah! Like, no, like God is not a stressed out Santa, all right? No, no, he's the God of the universe. He's the God who, who put creation into form. He's the God who put you and I into shape. God doesn't rest because he's tired. God rests because it's finished. Because it's done. Because the work was complete. Oh man, it, I don't know if it triggers it for you, but it triggers it for me. I can't get past it. But man, I just think about it. Why should we rest? Well, you know, you can make the point, you can make the argument, God rested, so we should probably rest. Like if God needed rest, then we need rest. But hey, wait a second, God doesn't need rest. Wait, why did God rest? Because he was finished. Meaning that I need to rest, yes, because I need it but also because it's finished. For as Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me to die for our sins, come on somebody, he declared it is finished. And he paid the price so that we could be complete. He paid the price so that we could be perfect. He paid the price so that we could be righteous and we could be at rest and we could be have peace and joy and love. Come on somebody, for God declared it is finished. And now we get to live from this place. I don't have to work so I can rest. No, no, friend. I rest so that I can work. 
all of my work, it comes from a place of rest. I rest in the finished work of Jesus. But there is a pattern here. There is a rhythm here. There is a cadence here. I don't know if you catch it, but every time you go back to the story and every time God would finish creating something, what would he say? He would say, it is good. I just, I like that so much. Mm. Like, I just see God. He's like, you see that? I made that. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Do you see that? But like, what does it mean? Yes, it means his creation is good, but it also means the work was done. The work was complete. The work was finished. But what do you and I do? And I'm so guilty of this. I've told the first service, this is, I'm just going to be totally vulnerable and transparent with you. What do we do? We, we work all day, and then we come home, and then we stress about our work all day. I was like, I'll preach a sermon, and then I'll go home, and I'll be like, that was terrible. And I start turning it in my mind. I start spinning it in my mind. And even though kids got saved, even though people got healed, I, I start to stress about my work. I start to stress about my sermon. I said, it should have, it should have been better. It could have been better. Oh my gosh. In fact, it wasn't very good at all. It was bad. I'm bad. Ah! And I'm not finding rest. Could it be that, that God was creating a pattern for us, that God was creating a rhythm for us, that God was creating an example for us, that we would get to the end of our day and we would say, this is my work and it's done. I'm going to go home and rest. I'm going to actually, I know it's, I know it's stressful, but this work's going to be here for me tomorrow. So I'm going to go home and get some sleep. Come on. Can anybody say amen to that? I'm going to go home and get some sleep. I'm not going to allow this work to come home with me. No, no, no. I'm going to go rest because it's done. It's finished. It's complete. I mean, you think about it. Like, if God wanted to, he, he, he could have made anything, right? His, his, work, his creation's good, but he, he could have made anything he wanted. Like, I don't know. Think about it. He could have made real unicorns, right? Let your imagination flow. Like, some first service, like, he could have made an eagle that would swoop into my window every morning and say, good morning, Stephen. It's the Lord's day. Like, a talking eagle, that would be awesome. He could have given me the ability to fly so I could dunk a basketball. Come on, God, right? But he didn't, did he? What did he do? He, he stopped. He, he said, it's good. It's, it's finished. It's complete. It's time to move on. There's a rest. There's a, there's a rhythm to it. I love so much, God gets to the sixth day and it says on the sixth day that God created you and me The Bible lets us know that we were created in God's image. And I love it so much. When God creates you and me, He doesn't say it is good. He says it is very good. Can I tell you, God thinks you are very good. Come on. Can I tell you, God thinks you are very good. He thinks you're very good. I think that if God thinks we're very good, maybe we should stop criticizing His work. I should stop criticizing his work because we're so judgmental to ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. We're so, we beat ourselves up all the time. We are like a Pharisee to our own soul. But, but God, listen to me. He says you are very good. He, you should give yourself some grace because he says your default is very good. He created us and before we did anything, he said it's very good. 
You're very good before you do anything, meaning that it's not your status, it's not your job, it's not your education, it's not how much money you got in the bank account, and it's not what society says about you, it's not how much property you own or what your next job is or all that stuff. No, no, no. It's not that. It's not your accomplishments that declare you are very good. It's God's announcement over your life because you are made in His image. You're made in His image. You're you're very good. So God, He creates for six days. He says, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's very good. And on the seventh day, he, he stops. He rests. He takes a break. See, this word Sabbath, this word Sabbath, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. Somebody say Shabbat. Shabbat. When you say Shabbat, you just feel really spiritual, don't you? You feel like the goosebumps, right? Like Shabbat. Right? It's good. It's good. I love it. Shabbat. Um, it's okay. You can laugh today in church, by the way. It's, it's all good. Um, well, you're not that funny, Stephen. Anyways. <laughs> Something I want you to understand, I want to give you a revelation about the Sabbath is you gotta understand the Sabbath is not just a noun, the Sabbath is a, is a verb. The Sabbath isn't just a day, the Sabbath is what you do. I can ask, hey, did you Sabbath today? Hey, did you Sabbath last week? Hey, how hard did you Sabbath? I Sabbath so hard. I Sabbath harder than I ever Sabbath before. It was good, it was very good. <laughs> I Sabbath. Did you Sabbath like half the day? Or did you Sabbath the whole day? I Sabbath for two days. I just, I Sabbath. It's something you do. Yes, it's a day, sure, but it's more importantly, we understand it's something that you do. And God, He stopped. God, He rested. He Sabbathed. I think it's so important we understand that we serve the God who created the weekend. All right. We're just having fun. We're just having fun. I think uh, sometimes when we hear the word Sabbath, our, our mind immediately goes to the Ten Commandments. Um, and there's a reason I started with the creation story, not the Ten Commandments, because I wanted to teach you, I wanted, to, I wanted you to see that, that the Sabbath, it's a principle that predates the Mosaic Law. It shows up in the creation. It shows up before the Ten Commandments, before the, the, the people of God. It, it's not just a commandment, it's a principle in God's creation. And that is how Sabbath works. Sabbath is a cadence. Sabbath is a rhythm. Sabbath is a pattern. Um, it, it, it's kind of like the law of gravity. Like you can go against the law of gravity all you want, but the law of gravity, it just is. You could jump off, I could jump off the stage, but I'm going to hit the floor, right? Like it just is. You can go against it all you want, but it's just going to happen. And in Exodus 20, God gives his people the Sabbath as a command. In Exodus chapter 20, he says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, and the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. He made it, he made it holy. You know, it's amazing. I've been in church my whole life, and I've never had somebody like come up to me in church and brag about breaking the Ten Commandments. <laughs> like, yo, bro, I murdered a dude last night, fist bump. Like, <laughs> like, no, like what? Like, police, arrest this person, right? <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, people don't come into church and they're like, Yo, last night, it was the best night I've ever had. We we formed a graven image in the house and we bowed down to think it was electric. Like, no, we don't do that, right? We don't don't brag about breaking the Ten Commandments except for one. 
we brag about breaking the Sabbath. Y'all haven't had a day off in months. Working hard, though. I don't think that's what God intended for you. I don't think that's what God planned for your soul. I don't think that's how God created you. Can I tell you, there is nothing in our earth that, that constantly and continually produces. Nothing. For, 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 you think about it. Think about the creation. Tides go in, tides go out. The sun, it comes up. The sun goes down. The, the flowers come out in a season. The flowers go away in another season, right? Trees, they produce. Trees don't produce. Leaves grow. Leaves die. There is seasons and patterns and rhythm and cadence to our world. Listen to me. It's, it's all about producing, but then resting. Producing and then resting. You weren't built to go nonstop. You weren't built to just hurry, 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 go, 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 work, 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 I'll rest when I get there. No, you were built to actually have a pattern and a rhythm to your life that you would work and then you would rest. You would work and then you would rest because when you rest, you get refreshed. And when you rest, come on somebody, God does in you what you can't do for yourself. We need his rest. You guys doing okay? There's only, I don't know if you know this, but there's only one commandment that starts with the word remember. It's the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. Maybe, maybe, maybe God had the foresight to see that you and I would be prone to forget to stop and rest. And he said, I need to, he, I need to make sure they remember. He didn't say, hey, remember, don't kill anybody. It's like, we, we got that, God, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, he says, remember the Sabbath because I know you're going to forget it. I know you're going to get so worked up. I know you're going to get so busy. I know you're going to get so focused on your dreams and your goals that you're going to forget to stop and rest. And guess what, friend? If you don't stop and rest, you're not going to make it. Because I know you're tough, and I know you're strong, and I know you're American. (laughs) You're a cowboy, right? You're tough, but sooner or later, rest is going to catch up with you. Can I say it this way, friends? The Sabbath... Is coming. Is that creepy? (laughs) Listen to me, it's coming for you one way or another. Either you stop or something will make you stop. Wayne Moeller says this about the Sabbath. He says, if we do not allow for a rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, illness becomes our Sabbath. Our pneumonia, our cancer, our heart attack, Our accidents create Sabbath for us. Friend, you weren't built to be nonstop. You were built to rest. Somebody say amen. Amen. And Sabbath, it's coming. It can either be your delight or it can be your discipline. God, the Sabbath, we thank you, is more more than a day. It's a gift of rest. And so I see that it's not just the rhythm of creation that reminds us we need to rest, but it's also the rhythm of Jesus. And I keep doing this a lot. I guess it's like the rhythm, right? I'm creating a rhythm for you. <laughs> but it's the rhythm of Jesus. I, I want to spend kind of the rest of our time talking about um, Jesus' invitation that he makes in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 28 through 30. I think that it's so important we see this because something's happening here. Something God is speaking about something. He, he's drawing our attention to a specific rhythm 
And I want to show it to you because God, he's speaking right to you and me, speaking right to our souls. He's asking, come on, do you have a weary soul? Do you have a tired soul? Do you have a burnt out soul? Do you have an anxious soul? Do you have a, a depressed soul? Is your soul restless? Is your soul distracted? I have a solution for you. So let's read this. Let's read this. He says, are you tired? Yeah. Are you worn out? Mm-hmm. Are you burned out on religion? Which is really interesting that he uses this phrase because he's speaking to the culture. And essentially what we can say is, are you burned out on trying to earn it in your own strength? Are you burned out on trying to just make it on willpower? Are you burned out on trying to create your own success? He says this, come to me. Jesus, he doesn't start with shame. He doesn't start with guilt. He doesn't start with condemnation. No, no, he starts with an invitation. It is the gospel, friend. If I could sum up the gospel in one word, that word would be come. Come to me. Come to me. No matter who you are or what you've done, listen, you can come to me and I will give you life. I will give you rest. I will give you joy. I will give you peace. You come to me. But listen to the language. Now here's where it's going to kind of, we're going to kind of get something here. He says, he says, get away with me and you will recover your life. It's a promise. But check this out. I will show you how to take a real rest. I'll show you. How? Walk with me. Work with me. Notice that work is not absent from his invitation to rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Listen to the language. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Listen, keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. You see, I don't know if you see what's happening, but that's why I'm up here. So if you don't, I can show you. But he's, he's basically telling us that you can come to me and, and find rest. But I don't want to just snap my fingers and give you rest. No, friend, I want to I show you the way. I want you to watch me. I want you to walk with me. I want you to work with me. I want you to keep company with me. I want you to abide in me as I abide in you. I want you to keep close proximity to me. And as you do that, I will show you by the rhythm of my life how to rest, how to find peace. Listen, what's the language? How to live freely and lightly. Anybody want to live freely and lightly? You can live, like, I don't know if you just, I know I'd rather live burdened and heavy and, and sad. That's great, friend, but I just have a better thing for you if you want to try it out today. It's called living, living freely and lightly. It's the way and the truth and the life of Jesus. Learn, the word learn indicates there's a process. This isn't just going to happen, but there's a process to becoming like Jesus. We know that justification happens in a moment. Righteousness happens in a moment. Salvation happens in a moment. But what sanctification, it takes time. That's the process of becoming like Jesus. It takes time. It takes walking with Him and working with Him and watching Him and keeping company with Him and doing relationship with Him. Getting away with Him. Getting alone with Him. Getting into silence and solitude. Can I tell you? Can I remind you? Our God speaks in a whisper. And if you are not in a place that's silent enough, it's hard to hear him. I'm always distracted. There's always YouTube and Netflix and, and Instagram and, and the playoffs and, and conversation and going on. Listen, friend, you need to get alone with Jesus. Alone into silence and solitude. 
It's funny that it always comes up like, that doesn't mean don't come to church. It's not what I'm saying. A unique community. God speaks to us in community, but he also, he just, I just have a feeling that God's like, I just, I want to get alone with you. Like, I know my wife, like, we love hanging out with friends, but I know every once in a while she's like, I need a date with just you. We love our friends, but I love the dog, but like, I just need you. Like, I just feel like God is like, I just want to date with you. So, when we look at the life of Jesus, we see there's a rhythm. Like, that's why when we read the Bible, you shouldn't just like listen to what Jesus said. You should watch what he did. We should watch what he does. You should watch his actions and watch his behavior and watch. He stoops down in the dirt. He, he, he leaves to go on a mountain. He, he, he goes down the mountain. He, 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 he does all these things. He, there's a rhythm to his life. He had habits and rhythms. And it's interesting because we're talking about this, this giant named hurry. But when I look at Jesus in the four Gospels, I can't find anywhere where he's in a hurry. Right? Like, no, there's no place where he's sprinting. He's not doing it. He, he walks on water. I don't know, maybe Jesus didn't sprint because if he sprinted, he would be like faster than Usain Bolt. And then they, they would have got distracted. They would be like, you need to come, come to the Olympics, Jesus. I don't know. Like he's, he just, I know he would have been faster than everybody. So he's like, I'm just going to walk. Right? Like Jesus doesn't like come riding in on a white stallion. I'm here to save you. Right? No. His pace is slow. His pace is, is simple. He, he doesn't have Google Calendar. Or like he's got like his, his life listed out. Like, okay, all right, at 11 a.m., I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cast out a demon. All right, that'll be easy. I'm Jesus. Noon, I see the clouds are coming in, so I'm going to walk on that water. That's right. It's going to be sick. It's going to be awesome. Uh, 1 p.m., rebuke Peter again. It's <laughs> like, like, set daily reminder, right? Like, it's kind of like every day, right? It's just rebuke Peter. Oh, and later this evening, I'm going to turn water into wine. Let's go. Hey, we're going to party. Like, right? Like, no, Jesus doesn't have Google Calendar. We obviously, we know that. But like, but there's a rhythm to his life. There's a pace to his life. It's, it's slow. I, I, I realize this, that Jesus, he doesn't react. He responds. He, he never reacts. He's always responding. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you... How do you learn from that? Well, what I've found out is when you live a life of hurry, you will always react. Right? If you're in a hurry, i got to get to the store. I'm in my car and I'm, I'm just trying to get to where I'm going and then somebody cuts you off in traffic. You're like, okay, bud. All right. Okay, champ. Uh-huh. Oh, you must be in a hurry, huh? Mm-hmm. No, you're in a hurry. That's why you reacted. <laughs> See, if you would slow down, if you wouldn't be in such a hurry, sure, it's annoying that somebody cut in front of you, but it's not that big of a deal because I'm not in a hurry. When you're in a hurry, you react, right? What's a reaction? Somebody comes at you like, what'd you say to me? Huh? Oh, I wish you would. I wish you would. Let's go right now. That's like a reaction, right? It's how, my, it's how my youth boys and I, we communicate. Like, it's just like, it's just how it goes. What'd you say? Kenny, what'd you say? Huh? What? What? Right? Like we, huh? This is how we do it. It's a reaction. And so when you live a life of hurry, you live a life of reaction. But listen to me, friend. When you live a life of rest, you live a life of response, See, what is response? Response is the ability to choose. Response is I'm above the noise. I'm above the chaos. I, I'm not subject to my, my feelings. I don't behave according to my feelings. No, I have responsibility, the ability to respond. I can respond. 
When you live life hurried, you react. But when you live life rested, friend, you respond. I want to respond to my, my spouse. I don't want to react. I want to, we, we, we want to respond to our kids. We don't want to react. We want to respond to the stranger that doesn't know Jesus. I don't want to react. I want to be his light. I want to be his love. I want to be his peace. I want to be his joy. How do I do that? I got to slow down. I got to rest. I got to, I got to, I got to change the pace of my life. I love so much how Eugene Peterson, he writes this line. He says, I want you to listen to this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. What does that even mean? Like, it's so beautiful. I love that. I'm just like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Just live in the unforced rhythms of grace. Like, okay. <laughs> cool, dude. I'm just, that's my life. It's just the unforced. What is he saying though? We know that Jesus is grace in the flesh. What is he saying? He's saying, I want you to learn my unforced rhythms of my life. It's, it's just unforced. It's just, let me guide you. Let me lead you. Let me show you the way. Stop trying to force your way in life, friend. Stop trying to elbow your way to the front of the line. Just, just let me show you the way. For the way, if you want to be the greatest, you got to be the least. If you want to, if you want to be a leader, you got to be a servant. It's, it's the opposite. It goes against the grain of the culture. God, His kingdom, it's upside down. It's not, it's not America. It's not what we know. It's not what we're used to. It's not what we grew up in. We grew up in, hey, if you work hard, you'll, you'll see success. If you work hard, eventually you'll get to where you're going. And then you can experience peace. And then you can experience life. And then you can experience joy, but I came to give you a new message, friend, that if you will just stop and rest and let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, let the Holy Spirit lead you, He will give you success. He will make you prosper. He will lead you into green pastures. Come on, can we give God some praise in here? For He leads us always and forever. This is the way of Jesus. It's the life of Jesus. It's even the truth of Jesus. And I got to be open to allowing him to challenge me. I preached a message on Wednesday. I don't know why the Holy Spirit's telling me to go here, but I was, we were talking about building a foundation and, and you got to build a foundation on Jesus. And I was like, how, 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 do you, how do I know if I'm building the foundation on Jesus? The only way I can know if I'm building the foundation on Jesus is if I allow Jesus to disagree with me. You can't build a foundation on Jesus unless he disagrees with you because his way, it goes against your way. His truth often goes against our truth. His life goes against our life. It's not the same. It's, it's opposite most of the times. You know, I don't like getting along with people who, 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 who've been mean to me, but that's, that's the way of Jesus. I don't like... I don't like forgiving people who have wronged me, but that's the way of Jesus. I don't like, you know, people who have made fun of me or, or, or gossiped about me. I don't like getting along with those people, but that's the way of Jesus. Where are we going, Lord? Slow. Steady. I love Judah Smith. He'll, he says, he says, you know who wins the race? It's not, it's not Sexy Steve, it's Steady Eddie. I don't know. Is that for me? Speaking to me, Lord, what? <laughs> what, were the, 
the rhythms of Jesus. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm concluding. I'm bringing this down for a landing, but oh uh, man, I don't have time. Honestly, I could put all the info I got in the last week like into a series, I think. But I just what's important is we would see the rhythm of creation. There's seasons and patterns and cadences and rhythms, but we would also see the rhythm of Jesus in his life and his way and his truth. And listen to me, he, we, we see that he lived a slow and simple life. We see that he, he made time to, to, for silence and solitude. He, but, but, but also, what did he do? He stopped and he Sabbath. You say, well, Jesus broke the Sabbath. No, no, friend, Jesus can't break the Sabbath because he is Lord of the Sabbath. He didn't break the Sabbath. He fulfilled the Sabbath. And for on it, when they, when, they, when they questioned him, he said, listen, like the Sabbath, it was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What does that mean? It means that this day, this gift, it was meant to serve you. You don't serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath serves you. So if you're hungry and it's the Sabbath, you can eat. If you're like King David, if, you're, if somebody's sick if, and you, you want to heal on the Sabbath, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, not talking about rules and regulations. I'm talking about a gift gift. And Jesus, he, he watched, he honored, and, and, and he did the Sabbath. And Sabbath, it's, it's not just a day off. We know on our day off, that's the day we do all the work that we don't get paid for. That's not Sabbath, friends. What is Sabbath? Sabbath is when I stop, when I rest. And when I stop, I remind myself that God does not. And when I rest, I remind myself that God does not. And when I sleep at night, I remind myself that God does not. He watches over me. He guards me. That listen to me, while I do nothing, God does everything. That while I sleep, God does everything. That Lord, Lord, I, I want to trust you with six days. And I'm going to trust that you could fill in my gaps instead of trusting myself with seven days. I'm done. I want to step into your rest, your Sabbath rest. In Hebrews 4, it tells us that you should make every effort to enter into this rest. You got to strive. It's the only thing the Bible says you got to strive for is to enter into God's rest. Why? Because he knew we would live in such a culture that's so busy and so go, 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 and so work, 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 and do, 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 that we would actually have to be intentional. We would actually have to be disciplined to stop and say, wait, wait, oh man, I know I'm busy, but I got to rest. I got to rest. I got to rest. I got to rest. I got to rest, friend. Can I, I? I'm done. I'm done. I just want to read. I want to read Psalms, Psalms 121 over you. I just, I just got this picture of God. T- remind us again who you are. Remind us again what you do. That while I stop, God, you, you never stop. God, while I do nothing, you do everything. You guard me. Listen to the language. I love this so much. He says this. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? No, my strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and mountains. (laughs) My strength, it comes from the one who made the mountains, not from the mountains. He says he won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep, not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze. He will never sleep. God is your guardian right at your side to protect you. Listen to me, shielding you from sunstroke. It's relevant for this week, friends. We need God to shield us from sunstroke. But also sheltering you from moonstroke. What is he saying? He's saying he guards you day and night. 
It doesn't matter what time of day it is. He's guarding you always. He goes on to say, he, God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and he guards you when you return. Listen to this. He guards you now and he guards you always. He guards you now and he guards you always. God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, I pray you would just give your people and myself, please, a revelation of your power again. God, that we would let go of control. There's something about us on the inside. It's like we say we trust you, God, but we don't actually live that way. And God, I pray that we would stop the lip service. God, that you would make a change inside of our soul, make a change inside of our heart, make a change inside on on the innermost being, God. You would make a change that we would get a revelation that, God, I know when I rest that you are going to bless me. I know when I rest, God, God, rest is an act of worship. I'm worshiping you while I rest. God, rest is is what you designed me for. Work is what you designed me for. But God, we just declare this again. Work without rest is slavery. And we were not called to slavery. We were called to live lightly and freely and, uh, and taking on his yoke and his burden. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And I thank you, Jesus, that your invitation is for every single person in this room. God, no matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've said, God, no matter what they long to do, God, no matter what they've smoked or drank or partaken of, God, I thank you that every person in this room can step into your rest this morning, God. They can step into your rest from working, trying to gain your approval, trying to gain, God, your love, trying to, act, to, to obtain your attention. God, I thank you so much. Those things are already ours. Your attention is on every person in this room, every person watching online. Your attention is on us, God. We are the apple of your eye. You are obsessed with us. You love us. And a simple invitation this morning, friend, just praying the Holy Spirit speaking to you and he's speaking to you right now God's saying are you tired are you weary are you burnt out I'm right here I've always been here I'm your guardian I'm watching over you I'm not going to leave you I'm not going to forsake you I'm not going to walk away from you I am with you. I am shielding you night and day from sunstroke, from moonstroke. I am, whenever you leave, whenever you come in, I, I am with you through the pains of life. I'm with you through the trauma of life. I'm with you in the loss. I'm with you in the hard times. I'm with you through COVID-19. I'm with you when a loved one dies. I'm with you when you feel depressed. I'm with you when you feel peace, when you don't feel peace. I'm with you when you feel restless and tired and you don't know where to go. And God is just saying to you today, he asks you to step into his rest. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you do. You are a miracle-working God. You are the one who can do it, God. You are the only one who can do it. Jesus, we just we want to receive that today. So if that's you and you're just in this, in this room, would you, I don't know, maybe you placed your hand over your heart, you're watching online, could you just place your hand over your heart and God, he just wanted to minister to you right now. I just pray for every person in this room, God, they got their hand on their heart. Jesus, we just want to say yes to your invitation, yes to your rest, yes to your way and your truth and your life. Yes, we come against the enemy. We come against Satan in Jesus' name 
who wants to make us busy, who wants to make us distracted, who wants to make us live a hurried life, and we just say no more. God, help us get intentional about rest. Help us get serious about the Sabbath. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for one more person in the room today. You're here. You're here. All eyes are closed. All heads are bowed, but you're here. You're watching online. You're you're watching later in the week, wherever you are. You're watching, and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never made a decision to make him your Lord and Savior. Can I tell you that the ultimate overarching message of my message is that you would rest from all of your working and all of your doing and all of your trying to gain this life by yourself. Friend, you cannot work your way into heaven. You cannot earn God's salvation. You cannot earn righteousness. No, it is only received. And God gets all the glory. And today you're here and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. You want to make a decision to walk with Him and work with Him and watch Him and keep company with Him. You want to make a decision to make Him Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible declares this, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's the same blood that took to, took to get me in is the same blood it takes to get you in. Or if you're online, you can text HOTL to you, uh, 97000 to HOTL. If you made a decision, we want to connect with you. Anybody in the room, you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we give God some praise in this place? Oh, man. Oh, man. God is... He's so good. He's so good.